You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. going on guys welcome to another episode of peer pleasure with dewey halpas on equal vision records and sound talent media i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week today we have my label mate well not label mate he is my network mate doc coil from the band bad wolves from the band god forbid from the x-man podcast we are both on sound talent media we were both on jabberjaw media before that and doc and i have never conversed nor met until this point, which is crazy because we've been in the same team for many, many years, all five years, almost four, four of the five years we've been on the same network and uh, we are very close in size. Like we're usually just right above, right below each other uh, in show size and we just have never connected. So I'm super stoked to bring this chat to you because it was a lot of fun to do. Uh, Doc is an extremely smart individual with a lot to say and I was really excited to do this. Um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. We went to a lot of different places. Um, and thanks to my buddy John at the Brutally Speaking Podcast for connecting us together. Um, he's been on his show a few times, and I've always enjoyed him as a guest. So uh, I was stoked to bring Doc on. So let's get some business out of the way, and we'll jump right in. So peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas or questions, comments, anything you want to send that way. I want you to join the Facebook group. That's the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group. Um, We also have the premium service, which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. That gets you access to the video of the shows, uh, also the ad-free feed, and also the past cast, which is another another podcast that I do. 
uh, with guests, uh, past guests of the show, other podcasters, uh, listeners to discuss their favorite episodes. Uh, we also have the Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Pure Pleasure Podcast if you want to subscribe over there. Um, so, yeah, we're well into the 12 days of Pure Pleasure. I hope you guys are keeping up. Uh, I'm stoked to bring you this one. Let's go ahead and jump right into my conversation with Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves. Sorry, it took a second. For some reason, this app does not like my uh, my mic setup, so I always have to like use a uh, my web mic. Oh, okay. So took a minute. Right on. <laughs> uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I'm just turning it up. Turn on my uh, awesome headphones. Oh yes. All right. Very good. Okay. Dude, you got is it, are you using like Elgato stuff? That camera looks fantastic. Um, I bought a Lumix, a Panasonic Lumix GH5. Finally started investing in myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just for like all kinds of content. It's it's a little bit of a like a it can be, I think, a bit of a black hole, you know, just like yeah. Because once you get the camera, then it's like, oh, you want the lights, and then you need the, you know, the attachments, and then you know, it's all these different things, but it's, uh, you know, it's probably good for anyone because we're all, I feel like no matter what you're doing, you're all in like the content creation business to some degree. Yeah. So hundred percent, dude, I've I'm the same way. It is a, it is a black hole. Like it just, it, it, it keeps going. Like right now I've got lights going, but this I'm, I've been doing these shows all over the place, like for years, like in my car or wherever. And then finally got into a, like a, a buddy of mine manages a radio station called X-Ray FM here in Portland. And uh, he's like, after since COVID, no one's using this production studio. You want to use that? And I was like, hell yes. And it's got like the lighting setup. It's got all the stuff. And I just like 
pack my shit yeah. in and and do these and then bail and then i just throw my name on the calendar whenever i want to use it and it's been awesome because i can't do it at home my kids are too loud it's it's chaos yeah. um but <laughs> uh i am i'm shocked and embarrassed that you and i have not connected sooner because uh we've been on two networks together yeah. uh, for years and it just never crossed paths i don't think we've ever met uh shows or not like i don't think we've ever met and and uh yeah it's just weird <laughs> it's uh, i think we're like you and i are like right there too like like uh on the networks like our our shows are very similar in size um and and somewhat i wouldn't say in format you you put a lot more of yourself out there i think which i enjoy like um i guess i'd rather listen to your intros than mine i guess is what i'm saying because i find what you're saying more interesting than what i would do um so i keep mine super short but i like how much of yourself you put out there on it um yeah i mean i, I kind of felt like for me like the only thing that really anytime you have a show of this kind of format mm -hmm. the only thing that's really going to make it unique is you yeah <laughs> so so if you don't put unless you're just some such a dynamic interviewer and maybe coming at it with uh some kind of flair in, the, in, the, in that regard or just your personality is is larger than life but i think i have a pretty dynamic personality but yeah i do i think that intimacy uh you know and people seem to respond to that like a lot of times people go i like your my favorite part of your show is your intro or i'll do sometimes i'll do shows just by myself and people thought you should do more of that you know so people yeah. seem to connect to it i i agree with you there dude i i um the last episode not the last episode you put out the one before that where it was just you talking um mm -hmm. i had i'm trying to think who it was jason jason ellis i had jason ellis on and he would do the same thing he would do like a monologue episode um and just kind of go off and it was fascinating and it takes a lot to be able to do that. I think people, I don't think people understand what it takes to, to do like a stream of consciousness thing and have it be interesting to somebody else. Like anyone can get on just talk, but like to keep it interesting and have like a direction um, and keep that ball in the air without another person to, you know, break you out of it is uh, it takes some skill, man. I, I applaud you for that because it's uh, it was really interesting. I listened to the whole thing. It was rad. I think it's a gift and a curse because you know, how different are you from the person who's like talking to themselves in the park, you know, just kind of turn around and, the, you know, and then, uh, you know, Marilyn Manson came over and I, I gave him a handshake and then I was, you know, talking to Dan Duito, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's some of these like talk radio people like Rush Limbaugh or some of the sports people, you know, uh, Colin Cowherd, guys who do like their own like four hour show. And yeah. the only thing, maybe they'd have a guest sometimes, maybe they'd have people call in, but a lot of it is they're just going and there, there's a little kind of uh, crazy, <laughs> crazy rambler uh, that I guess is kind of focused. Like, hey, you can do this this weird thing. So it, it is a skill, but it's also like I, I hope it doesn't mean I'm also a, a crazy rambling psychopath. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, I work in downtown Portland. I do construction. So like every day there's someone else yelling at themselves or or fighting themselves, like literally yeah. punching themselves or yelling at garbage cans and if they were throwing out references i understood like i would totally stand there and listen <laughs> you know but it's or usually just, you, know, you just throw a mic in front of their face that could be the new hit yeah you know? <laughs> i'd feel bad i would feel it could be but i would feel bad exploiting them that way but like it's a good idea to to just like put it out there and see what happens because that's yeah. uh there's some weird stuff that goes on down there i don't you're in la right 
Yeah, but you know, okay. we have you yeah. know the entire West Coast pretty much deals with very similar kind of issues. But yeah, I just want to say my favorite podcaster um is probably someone you know, Dan Carlin. Yeah. Uh he's I wouldn't even say he's my favorite. I think he is literally the best broadcaster person we have in podcasting. And I listen more to his um show common sense that he literally only he literally does one show maybe every six months mm-hmm. or something three months like it's very but it's like an hour and it's like it's only in response to something big and he because he's so like fed up with politics he just he doesn't even really he almost does it out of like um you know exacerbation or something he's like i you know i guess gotta get this out but i'm sick of all this stuff mm-hmm. but it's like Every, you're on you're hanging on every word the way he expresses himself it's just brilliant so he's fantastic uh you know matt carter then right uh he was part of jabber job before like from that band emory yeah i was but he has a he had a podcast for a little while called break it down and yeah, i was booking happened? i was booking guests for him for a while i don't know he just stopped doing it but like um they do that bad christian podcast still but mm-hmm. he, it was just like a side thing for him i think to like break down songs for their new record and stuff i think it was like a more of a marketing tool but he had me booking some guests for him for a little while and i booked dan carlin which was his number one and he like lost his lost his shit because he's like are you serious i literally reached out to his assistant and she was she went for it and uh, i think ray harkins got him too he might have yeah it was from yeah. hardcore history is how i knew him i did what's the other one called common sense yeah but hardcore history is like the his kind of big one you know yeah and those you know because they're like four hours long multiple parts extremely intensively researched you know yeah he he went um he did the key so maori and i went to podcast movement in anaheim and he was the keynote speaker Mm. and so one of his big takeaways that i i saw from that that talk was he said that when apple made podcasting and made it free they leveled the playing field for everyone so no one had an advantage necessarily uh, it was kind of interesting to think about it that way where they could have, you know, put a monetary thing on it or whatever, but how it made like Joe Rogan and you and I on the same playing field to be successful if we wanted to. Well, it's not really the but, same playing field. The, 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 what unevens the playing field is that famous people and, um, you know, large networks with big infrastructures behind them. So if you're, if you have a podcast through PBS mm-hmm. or ESPN or the ringer or, you know, fill in the blank. Those are your advantages are either, you know, if, if random celebrity B decides to start a podcast, mm-hmm. they have an advantage because of their fame, but it, you know, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not upset with that. I'm just saying there are, those are the only <laughs> advantages, you know? Sure. The built-in fan base and, and that kind of stuff. That's one thing that frustrates me to no end is when uh, like not to throw like specifically under the bus, but like that show smartless, with uh Jason Bateman and, and um uh Will Arnett one other guy where they bring on like a someone that the other two don't know who it is until they get on with them and then they have to on the spot do this. That's cool. I think they sold it for like eighty million dollars to Spotify. And it's like you're already famous and rich. You make a show just because you're bored, and then you sell it for that much money. And yeah, then, but those guys are like crazy here talent, you know, like I mean charisma, funny. I mean, they they're like they're that's they're they're pretty. They probably deserve that money. I'll say that, <laughs> dude. They're just like us, man. 
Just like us. Hell yeah. I would be in a TV show. We got that charisma. We got that fucking talent. We're grinding over here. Listen, I'm not Lego Batman, so I'm not going (laughs) to give myself too much credit. Lego Batman is so good. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. But you're playing playing stadiums, bro. Like, you're doing some good shit. You know what's funny? I've literally only played – I played two stadiums, and they were like bitch-ass stadiums. I played playing arenas, but arena arena – it's not a stadium, okay? Let's yeah, keep what's real. the difference there? What is that? What's the uh, difference? About sixty thousand people, <laughs> dude. <laughs> like an like an arena, a big arena will hold like twenty thousand people, uh, maybe twenty five thousand if you're in a really really big arena, and a big stadium holds a hundred thousand people. So Jesus big Christ, difference, big difference in in crowd size, dude. I did not even know that. Well, How did I the, not know that? I, I mean. I'm in the business of playing live shows and, oh, what's the biggest show you played? And what, yeah. oh, you're on a, an arena tour. You're on an amphitheater tour. The amphitheaters hold, some of them hold up to like 30,000 people, depending yeah. on where you are. With that lawn space, they're, too. Yeah, they're a little bigger than the arenas. but Dude. Uh, what is your, what is like, what what made you start the x-man because i i remember when you like when it, when it started i was like this is a great idea because i knew god forbid i think that's where i first saw you i think you were doing like a um were you hosting something for like a uh it was on like tv it was it was a, it was like a uh a festival like dillinger was on it and uh but you were like the dude on the mic i thought like talking to the camera for this and i don't know why i remember no. this no 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 okay maybe you're being interviewed for it Maybe you're yeah. being interviewed for it on camera. It was something on the East Coast, like at the at the Palladium or something, uh, some big like metal fest. God forbid was playing, and maybe it was mm-hmm. you were just getting interviewed. I don't remember, but yeah. I remember uh, that's the first time I heard God forbid too. Was after that I went and checked it out. Um, but then when you started the podcast, like this is a great premise for a podcast, and the name was great. Yeah, I mean sometimes a few ideas kind of kind of coalesce, but no, I mean. It starts really with the fact that I was a massive, massive fan of podcasts. I mean, I, I know in a way, I think they kind of changed my life um, being exposed to all these different ideas and kind of like this idea that you could be uh, kind of attached to a conversation, long form conversations with really smart people. And then you get to learn what they do. Oh, what's their, how, you know, what's the key to their success? What's the key to them being healthy? What's the key to them being productive? And I started uh, kind of taking all that information and then, you know, putting it in my life. And I felt like it was having all these results. And I just, and I just loved it. It was just that thing of, I think the reason why anyone starts a podcast, which is you listen to podcasts, hear a great conversation and wish you were in that room, given your two cents. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something, I think at a point and this happens even outside of the realm of podcasting. When you're just having a really great conversation that is almost, it hits a point of euphoria almost where you feel like you're connecting and it's just all working. And it's like, man, this is cool. We're like, we're getting somewhere here. Um, so I think that feeling, whatever it was, I wanted, I wanted that feeling. So it doesn't make it really any different. And anyone else that wanted a podcast or start a podcast as the pandemic proved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, the other element was I was writing a lot at this time uh, for metalsucks.net. I was doing stuff on my own website and kind of like these monologues I do, they were pretty intimate, really adhering to my worldview 
and things I had to get out talking a lot about at this time, uh, I was out of God forbid and putting together the reasons why maybe my band didn't work out or why I was successful as I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And so to me, the podcast was almost, almost an extension of that writing of trying to kind of figure all these things out. And it's no uh, surprise that so many writers and journalists also have kind of companion podcasts with their writing to kind of de delve deeper. So to me, they're kind of, they go hand in hand with the broader kind of media apparatus, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Did you, uh, did you always have that, um, that, that kind of that drive and that, um, because you, you're, you're very well spoken, but like, did you always like long for a way to, to put your, um, your opinions out there? Like, did you, did you always have that or did the podcast open that up for you? Well, I think when you're in a band, mm -hmm. you kind of, you have to be really diplomatic with what you say. I think that looks, it seems a little bit different now mm -hmm. in like the social media era where, and specifically the Trump era, which seemed to like, you know, and I'm not immune from this or a lot of people felt they had to say something, they had to be engaged and we're in this period kind of post that, which is like people go out and say crazy ass shit mm -hmm. and then they get a lot of blowback. And that's what, what people will call, some people will call cancel culture, mm -hmm. but regardless of that, but, you know, kind of previous to, to that area era, era, excuse me, um, I think you had to be careful about what you put out there as far as your opinions, because when you're in a band, it reflects on everyone, mm -hmm. right? So you have to be a little more unified and you have to be a little more restrained. And so once I was out of God forbid, I felt, oh, I can speak for me. I don't, it, it, the things I say don't reflect on anyone else. And I don't, or like when you're in a band, you kind of have to always present strength and like everything's going great right yes. you always have to put that out there like you can't you know release an album and go like you know here's let me talk about my insecurities let me talk about why uh, this i think doesn't work or or why hey maybe i don't i don't have faith in this record right like mm -hmm. you have to present a good face um and so being out of the band kind of allowed me to go hey i can be as vulnerable as i want i can be um, I can self-examine in a way that, uh, is true to the, actually the way I think, mm -hmm. you know, not be afraid of just, of having to present like every, everything's great. Everything's great. <laughs> you know, cause I don't think there's anything interesting about that. Yeah. Right. That's exactly, that's exactly right. That's why, that's why I take that approach on these, these chats is I don't, I, I never do the, how's the tour going conversation. Like I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, and you don't get anywhere. You don't get it. You just get a different canned answer or, and it's also sucks being on the other end of that, having to answer those questions. Um, but also I think too, with, with podcasting, like it's all the accomplishments and the, the good stuff is you like, it's not you and four other dudes or for other women, like it's, it's you, which is also a little more rewarding. I think of, of accomplishing, making these milestones and getting these things together and, and, you know, having a back catalog that you're proud of is, is all, uh, not for selfish reasons, but it is, it is you like it's, you did that. I think that is another big difference from, uh, 
being in the band, you know, like doing the band thing. Like I did that for 12 years and everything was always like us. But yeah. like you say, you can't speak your mind freely outside of that in the van, in the bus, whatever. Yes. For the most part, but then like interviews and, and the, the, the image always had to be positive. You know, this yeah. tour is great. Everything's great. Uh, it was not. <laughs> so yeah, that's like, uh, uh, another takeaway I take from this is, is, uh, just the personal accomplishment, you know? Um, and to what you're saying about the euphoria, like of being in a conversation, like, do you get that a lot? Do you, are there on these episodes? Do you, does that happen often for you where you notice it? Yeah. And, and listen, and I think some of it, not to kind of like, uh, break my arm, pat, patting myself on the back, but I do think I've gotten better as an interviewer mm-hmm. as time has gone on where I can, and I think the difference is now I can enter a conversation with someone I've never met and kind of immediately hit um, a stride very quickly. Mm-hmm. And of course it helps when you have a charismatic person with something to say that has great accomplishments that is fairly media trained and, and knows how to, how to talk. And that obviously makes it easy. You know, I had D Snyder on my show. It's like, uh-huh. of course, D Snyder is going to be a great interview. <laughs> um, but being and, this, and I think it's the great thing about being a musician who's been doing it a long time and doing it for real, like in the game mm-hmm. is being able, you know, even if I've never met that person, there's enough there that they go, Oh, this person, they're part of my tribe. They're, they feel safe, mm-hmm. you know, that they're in, in, not in some kind of uh, media crosshairs to get a quote or exploit something. You know, it's it's a quote unquote safe space to be like, hey, man, we're this is all good. And I'm, I'm just here to I'm because I'm interested in, in you mm-hmm. and I'm a fan of what you do. And let's let's get in that and let's just try and scratch the surface of something uh, that hopefully people listening will connect to. Cause that's, I'm always trying to just be a proxy for the listener and go, well, what ultimately I have to use the metric of what I think would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm always thinking as if there's that third person in the room, you know, as the audience. Yeah, dude. Have you ever had, um, have you ever had Matt Pinfield on the show? No, but I'm I'm buddies with Matt, and we've we've talked about it. So we'll we'll definitely make it happen, just a matter of when. Good, because he he told me that basically he felt like he was a conduit between the person and the fan, like he his job. Also, whether he because he was doing it for a job, so like whether he liked the band or not, he had to remain positive about it. Uh, and you know, Matt, he loves everything. He's like, I love I love that song. It's the best song ever. Like he loves everything. But he's the conduit, and he knew that. He's the conduit between the the host and fan of conversations they couldn't have themselves, maybe, or weren't weren't able to for whatever reason. He could provide that service, um, and I thought that was an interesting point. I think you guys have a great chat, dude. That guy's amazing. Um, well, yeah, man, me and me and get along really well. We were on a TV show together not that long ago, but but listen, I think this is a fan medium, right? right. You have to be. And to me, the reason why I got into writing, especially writing about music and metal and ends up writing for VH1 is that a lot of people like me that are in bands, the reason why we're in bands is because we just love music so much. We love all these bands and we devour stuff. And we have conversations. Oh, what what album is the best? Or, hey, man, why are you shitting on that record? It's really great. And let's track number 11 and the lyrics and the production. Like we're music nerds and media nerds and whatever. Like I could, it's the same thing I could do a podcast about 
the NBA or I could do a podcast about films because everything I get into, I get really into it and I dig deep into all the little details and morsels. And that's what this space is great for, just deep examination, overthinking things, debating things, <laughs> getting and and I and I and I I love that. It's for it it is a, it's the same thing like I listen to Rob Flynn's podcast mm-hmm. or Jamie Jossa's podcast. And even though those guys are famous guys and in big bands, they're still fans. They still want to get in the pit and they'll still tape all, you know, they'll Flynn does this thing I like. Well, he'll kind of play, he'll, t- he'll instead of just doing like a short intro, he'll talk about the band's records and play little snippets of their whole career. Mm-hmm. And it just tells you like, he's not just bringing people on because they're famous. It's like, he, he likes what they do and he respects what they do, but he still, he never forgets to be a fan, which is cool, which I never want to lose that. Yeah, dude, you, you definitely have that. Like you, you, the way you connect, I, I really enjoy that. Like it's, it's something uh, that's not easy to do and it, not everyone can do that. And, and the way you connect and open people up is, is great. And that's why I enjoy the show. Like it's, it's, uh, it's always something different. It's never formulaic. It's always something different. So it took when, and the other thing that's cool, like people uh, mentioned like a podcast, if they're a fan of the podcast, it doesn't matter necessarily who's on it. Uh, they'll check it out and maybe find someone they enjoy, you know? Um, uh, the other thing, I don't know if you found this, but cause you've had some big, big folks on your show too. Like I, the size of the person necessarily doesn't matter when it comes to the numbers. Uh, have you noticed that? Like it doesn't necessarily. Uh, it depends who it is for me. Cause sometimes okay. it, it, it definitively correlates. Like my biggest show was Dave Lombardo, which really for me, yeah, but for but for me personally, he was the biggest person. You know, like yeah. he literally was like, "It's Dave Lombardo." I was, it was like I was over the the mountain when I when I found out he he was willing to do the show. <clears throat> um, but I mean, generally, it actually actually for me, it's big comparatively to the scene they're in, right? Like, I come from a certain sector of the metal world. Mm-hmm. And there are certain people within that that kind of might not be more famous in the real world outside of that. But within that community, you know, people that listen to my show tend to like the people that come from my scene. So it's like mm-hmm. someone from Chimera or someone from Shadows Fall or yeah. someone from In Flames or Hatebreed, like that world. Because, you know, I guess it's just the people that came up listening to me or or connected to the same in the same peer group, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but. But yeah, but now, but now it's like, and there's definitely, and the more outside of that I go, the worse the show will do. Interesting. Yeah. So if it's the the least connected to that world, um, or if I have someone who's just, oh, it's a comic book artist or someone, you know, I had a, I had a film director on not that long ago, anything that's more outside of that general, it tends to do lower, but I try not to worry about that. And I don't, I literally almost don't go after super famous people mm-hmm. on purpose. Like I, they kind of, it's kind of coming to me more without me putting forth a lot of effort on my own. Yeah. But I'd much rather talk to someone who's really interesting, who's not well known as opposed to someone who's famous, who's a bad interview. Yeah. Dude, you can learn more. You can, you can get like the reason I bring that up, like I'm trying to think of the example, but we had like early on, like, uh, Andrew from this band called uh band Fallout Boy, a huge band. Uh I found out he lived in my town and I was like, hey, he's in another band, hit up them, like, hey, what do you want to come on the show? 
Fallout Boy shared that episode on their 9.2 million Facebook follower Facebook, and Johnny from the Blood Brothers did better than that episode. <laughs> so that's where I'm like, like the size. Yeah. But Johnny had never done a podcast before, yeah. so people were like hungry to hear it. Versus someone has done a bunch, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Weird. But I, but that's what I'm saying is, I'll more than likely try and get someone who's never done a podcast or who's not yeah. like if it's someone famous, but they put a record out mm-hmm. and they've just done 50 podcasts. How much real value does it have? I mean, I will take if it's someone that I would have spoken to anyway. I'll mm-hmm. take the offer. Um, because it's like, hey, that person's busy, and even if, even even if it's my friend, I've noticed it's easier to go through the publicist because they, because the publicist <laughs> kind of keeps them honest, yeah. And uh, as opposed to flaking or you know, they feel like oh, it's a um, you know a duty as uh-huh. opposed to just oh, I'm just gonna I'll go chat chat with Doc. So even sometimes my friends, I was like, you know what, still gotta go through the PR to uh, <laughs> keep them keep 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 them there. But uh, but yeah, I mean. It's a it's a weird thing because I I when I'm really focused on the show, mm-hmm. it becomes more idiosyncratic, more niche, which is what I'd rather it be than a because I feel like Josta pretty much has the generically like top tier metal people and rock people. Yeah. He kind of and so it's like and I, when I say generic, I don't mean like that in a bad way. I mean like it's more like general, mm-hmm. right? And he gets to pretty much a list people. So my, from my perspective, it's, it's well, don't try and do what he does, right? Mm-hmm. Do my thing and go a little left of center because he's already filling that role, more or less. And there's and there's going to be a lot of crossover between what I do, what you do, mm-hmm. and you know, five or ten other shows. And that's it's just it is what it is. I, I, you can't really worry about that. Um, but but yeah, I, you know, like I'm episodes with like Tim uh from vod mm-hmm. did really well right because people because doesn't do a lot of podcasts and people go that dude is just sick and he's yeah. just out there like you know just certain people and i and i think the more i think about think about it the better it kind of works but i honestly being a musician at the same time i get so busy doing other things mm-hmm. it's like i kind of have to like fit the podcast in where i can and so a lot of times I'm like, oh, someone offers me something and it's a great guess. Great. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Boom. Let's roll. So, you know, I really need periods of time where I can just really focus on it and, and kind of go after the, the, I have like a master list of people that are kind of working through slowly, but surely. Yes. Do I have the same thing? <laughs> Got to. There's always the rotating list and it's in my phone and it's always like, it's like in the can and on the way or something like that. And and I share it back and forth with uh, uh, Dave Shapiro and, and Dan from Equal Vision. We kind of, all right, who are we going after next? Who came through? And then I'm always adding to it. It's one of those never-ending things. Um, it, and it sucks, too, because you want to do everything. Like, you want to do so many different things. You just can't. Like, there's so many opportunities now. To You just can't do it all. You know, and especially like you said, you being in a band and, and going to be touring and stuff like you think the opportunities will come up on tour to be able to, to hey, hop on the bus real quick and do it in an episode. Not always the case. And then now with COVID, like who knows who's going to be communicating with who, you know, it's going to be bubble city. Well, I'm going to Europe uh, in January through February. So I'll probably <clears throat> try and just front load a bunch mm-hmm. and have some, you know, maybe three or four in the can. And that way I can go and not really worry about having to create new interviews and just 
do my intros and stuff. So, cause it's, yeah, there's going to be COVID restrictions. You're in Europe. So it's like, you're on a different time. So even if I wanted to do something like this, I'd have to make sure, probably talk to someone who's in Europe, who's on the same time. And yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a whole thing. Dude, absolutely. Absolutely. Are you, so this is what bad wolves are going in, in, in January. So yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be a pretty big tour. Like, like, uh, I noticed like, I keep getting hit up by friends in bands that are smaller, like thrice or uh, like war on women or whatever, where they're on tour with bad religion or something. There's no restrictions. Like, why don't you just show up at the venue and we'll do an episode. I'm like, you're not like sticking to this and this and like, no, not really. But then the big shows, like when Randy came through lamb of God, I was like, Hey, we should do that part too. But then he's like, we're completely in like a lockdown situation. I was like, dude, let's hold off. Cause we had just done yeah. an episode but I didn't even go to the show because I was like, crap, like it's just going to be locked down and 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 crazy. Um, so like these big tours are really following it, but no one else really is. It's kind of strange. Um, um, I mean, we're doing like theaters and clubs, so it's not the biggest tour. We're touring with Tremonti. Oh, okay. But, so it's really just, I think, a tour by tour basis. And But from what I've noticed, it seems pretty across the board on the metal side of it. Like I was mm-hmm. listening to show with uh cradle of filth and same thing doing theaters and they were pretty 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 locked down so and you have to kind of adhere to whatever the headliners want to do because and i'm in this band the wedding band with the metallica guys and they're doing festivals on the weekends and so we'll meet up and do rehearsals and i went to nashville and it's like you got a test you got like i even i'm i'm like rehearsing with them all day I go back to the hotel and I was like, I'm not going out. Yeah. I'm not, I have friends in Nashville. I'm not calling them because, you know, for, because the stakes are so high that if one of those guys gets sick and then, you know, it's millions of dollars are Mm -hmm. on the, on the, on the line. So it's pretty, pretty strict. You know, it's, I'm in Nashville wearing a mask in the hotel, getting dirty looks from people and, you know, (laughs) and I'm just doing it to protect these guys, you know, it's like, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm vaccinated. I'm not really too worried about it, but I want, you know, whatever situation I'm there to kind of help out the whole big picture. Yeah. You're going to be slammed, dude. You're going to be slammed doing ball. You're doing weekends with the wedding band and then the regular stuff. Like, are you doing that? Well, the all, we're, we're doing one show. They literally announced the show last night or yesterday and it's sold out in one day, but we're <laughs> basically playing after Metallica after this, uh, after their 40th anniversary show in San Francisco at the uh-huh. Fillmore. So we, it was only one show, but we've just been doing a lot of rehearsing. I so. got you. Okay. That's intense, dude. But yeah. And then bad wolves put a record out a few weeks ago uh-huh. and then we're going on tour in January. And then I have to like, just a lot of stuff, but I'm, I always, I'll take busy over the <laughs> inverse any day of the week. So. Dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude. I'll tell you that song. Uh, what is it? Springfield summer. Mm. that song is going to go everywhere i think like every like crossover like crazy yeah Um, i mean that's it it feels pretty evident so i did this a little like oh what's your favorite song off the new battles album and kind of that and by the way our fan base it's like metalheads yeah and that song is pretty light kind of comparatively it's still like got big rock sections and stuff but oh yeah you kind of, you know, you you put a record out and you think you know what it is, but once it's kind of out there, like I said, it's not a single yet. It's mm-hmm. not going to go to radio. It's not a radio yet, but it, it will. And yeah, I, I agree. I think that that one has this 
I'm like that. That song might save the album, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's it could we'll go see. anywhere. Like it could go on country radio. That that we'll song see. could go on country radio if you add like it's one thing I noticed. Like bands will do that crossover, like the country bands with like uh like fiddle and banjo and stuff in the music. They'll pull that out and it'll go to pop radio. Like yeah. they'll, it, you could do anything like that song, but that song has that like that meat to it like there's heaviness to it like it's it of course it doesn't start out that way once that chorus hits though it has that low end and that crunch that you could literally put it anywhere like it's not overwhelming so it could go to country or like a crossover kind of deal it's really like when i heard it i was like nailed it like this is gonna be massive like <laughs> you know like, i just cross. instantly heard it i was like this is going to do it like uh and and yeah, it's great. It's absolutely. And you know what's great. so funny? Funny about that song is you know, DL, our new singer, joined the band. Mm -hmm. He was in the studio literally a week later. He cut thirteen songs, I think, in like two weeks. And we were like out of the studio, high five, didn't think we're done with the record, and you know, I had a few things to, to tack on. in our the guy who owns our label, Alan Kovac, he's like, ah, oh, you know, it's like it's really good, but it's like we need like one more kind of major key up tempo song and we're just sitting there just like <laughs> you know just like really yeah we know the record's good right <laughs> and and then we ended up doing like three two more besides that one that uh -huh. weren't really totally finished but and like this one it was just like pulling teeth because i i wrote a whole different chorus section different bridge and it all got cut out and I was mad. <laughs> I was like, I got this vision and it didn't work out. And, uh, and then it gets all done. And then you're like, okay, this is, this is, you know, it's like that thing. Like sometimes you need as an artist, you don't, you think you have it all figured out, but then yeah. that's why Alan Kovac is who he is because, you know, he can kind of see that other thing mm -hmm. and then push you and then have it actually work it's kind of it's kind of crazy so we'll see i mean it's gonna you know more likely it'll be like the third video or third single mm -hmm. um so we'll see dude that, we're looking at the long view yeah well you have to that's your i mean the long view is your view like everyone yeah. else is going to consume it piece by piece but you've had it for long enough you've, yeah. you've worked on it long enough you know like the the um the other thing about it is it doesn't misrepresent you as a band like you're not getting the bait and switch uh, where a lot of bands that write a song that maybe is a little out of their range uh, or or different, like a little left field, where people hear it and then they buy the record and they're like, what is this? Like, I had no idea this band was like, you know, like, the band I come from, Portugal the Man, they wrote that song, Feel It Still, and they were playing it twice a night. They would play it at the beginning <laughs> and the middle of the set because that way people could leave if they wanted to after they played it. People that really loved it want, could hear it twice, and I – it was crazy to see because they had like six records before that. And, yeah. you know, it's so different from anything else they do. And now they're known as that band to yeah. the majority of people. The fans have been there forever. Of course, they're not. But people that would buy that record and be like, hmm, why doesn't it all sound like this? You know, um, they they ran into that. But like with that song really we're talking about, like it's it could go anywhere and it, it doesn't misrepresent because it has that that heaviness. Did you write that song? No, no, that was uh, John um, wrote pretty much the main riff. Uh -huh. And then pretty much I think him and, and uh, DLR Singer wrote like the vocal stuff. And then, you know, 
between those two, they kind of put the, the musical side of it together. And then this guy, Brandon Sammons, who he co-writes a lot of lyrics and vocals, mm-hmm. like, well, he'll kind of do what, what's in the industry called top lining uh, for the for, for the band. But he's been literally there since the beginning, kind of like mm-hmm. we have this kind of circle of like six or seven people or two or three people outside of the band that kind of help with, with stuff like that. And uh, but like I said, I, I tried to write some stuff and it just didn't it just didn't make it. Um, but, but that's the way this band has kind of always been. It's this thing of being a part of like, it's like a big apparatus of creativity where you're like, and the bar is high. So every time I'm writing for this band, it's like trying to clear a hurdle. Like you're, you're like trying to prove yourself that you can write something that'll make the record or have a part that is, is worthy of, of the band. But so it's this weird thing where sometimes like that, where, I'm in the band, but I'm also a fan of the band because a lot of the stuff I don't, it's not my song. Yeah. So I'm in a way, I feel like I'm almost more objective about it because I didn't write it. Mm-hmm. I can go, man, that's really cool. Or may, maybe that's not so cool because you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, but it, yeah, it's, but it, it, it's kind of cool when you can just be a part of anything that's, that, that is just at a high level, you know, and it's not, it's kind of affected even stuff I do outside of the band. Cause now I'm like used to, uh, just a, just you got to bring the goods. Mm-hmm. So you used to you be affecting things outside, like uh, in a in a good way, as far as like the, the level know, I, at which I, you, you know, approach things. I wonder if I if it's if it's good or not because so much of Bad Wolves is like kind of existing in this mainstream rock world. Yeah, where you where so way I, I worry maybe I'm conditioned now to go. Well, we need a crossover song or we need like I almost feel like you know I have this other band Vegas Nerve which was almost like a progressive kind of atmospheric rock thing which is not thinking about that stuff at all it's just like here's what we like I mean it's very listenable and melodic but I think there's also that mentality of of being really musical musically adventurous and not being not worrying about a hit not worrying about Oh, is it going to work with this? Like not being too calculated. So, um, and I'm not saying Bad Wolves is overwhelmingly doing that, Mm -hmm. but it is like, we're part of this big machine to some degree of of like, what is modern rock? Mm -hmm. And within that, there's the things the band does, like from the heavy side, that's very distinctive to the band. So you're trying to like check a lot of boxes, which is, especially when we change singers, which is like, make a record that still feels like bad wolves. Mm-hmm. So you're, so that people who are worried about, Oh, what's well, a new singer. Is it, if you change too much, then they're going to, Oh, well, I don't really identify with it. Right. It's like, yeah. McDonald's changing the, uh, uh, the recipe for the fries or something. Mm-hmm. So you, so you still want to kind of do that, but the band is so diverse. You want to make sure it's heavy enough. You want to make sure there's enough <laughs> kind of, stuff that can go to radio you want to make sure so it's it really is a kind of walking a bit of a a tightrope and i think we've kind of with this album it's the best balance Mm -hmm. of all that that we've achieved so far in a listening experience for one album top to bottom yeah but uh i still think it's a work in progress because we kind of had half a record 60 percent of a record then did a member change wrote a bunch of new stuff and then still have a bunch of stuff left over so we It'll be nice. Like I was, I was doing a podcast with my singer 
yesterday, which I ended up, I didn't record like an idiot. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. First time I've ever done that. Yeah. Uh, so it's, 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 it's happened to the best of us or the worst of us. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we were talking about how, like, this just feels like the, the kind of opening salvo for something bigger and better and more true to where, what we want to be. You know, so and it's a great opening salvo, but it's interesting to go, man, we're just scratching the surface of something. Yeah. And having having all those lenses on it is also like you're saying, it's strange too. like to think about those things, to be actively thinking about where this is going to go, who's going to hit, like having those those things put on it. When you're saying like active rock radio, like you have to be aware of those things if you're in that game. So it's definitely interesting to see uh, like navigating that side of things, you know, like where it's not just in the garage anymore and this is what we're going to do. It's like you have not an agenda necessarily, but there's things you have to touch on. And uh, that's one thing I really liked recently about uh, you had Tremani on the show. And another thing to tie this together too, to this is one thing that really stuck out to me from your show is, is your take on like the bands that everyone loves to hate, like the Nickelback and Creed and stuff. You had a really objective view on that, like a very like like a like a um, like it was it was an interesting take on it because everyone just shits on these bands. But it's like, think about it, basically, like think about being in this band, what they're trying to accomplish, what they're doing and how easy it is to shit on them. But like having those those, you know, selling 10 million records pretty much in America, uh, you know, on one record going diamond or whatever. You know, but where are these people? Like, because everyone you talk to shits on these bands, but where are these people that are buying the records? Like, it's uh, it's an interesting thing to think about, but also. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, 
Uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online, and splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. PeerPleasure.SupportingCast.FM is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today. 
and get some of this premium pleasure. Looking at it with a different lens than just this band is, you know, just this is the worst of the worst. Uh, you know, looking at it in a, in a different light. That you're the only person I've heard on a podcast do that. Well, uh, I, I, for those I think bands specifically. Of, yeah, I think there's a lot of virtue signaling in that amongst elite circles, and especially in the metal world, right? Mm-hmm. Where where a lot of those bands were kind of persona non grata at a certain time, and these things kind of like Finn McKenzie talks about this a lot that bands will start out being uncool mm. and then you wait 10 years and now they're considered le- legit music. Yeah. But I wrote one of the first articles I ever did for metal sucks was a, about this legitimate sub about this subject, like embracing mainstream metal or mainstream rock. And that ultimately it's about just like what you like. Like mm-hmm. I legitimately like Nickelback and I legitimately like Creed. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, faking it you know but the difference between me is i'm not secretly liking it and then when i come out in front of other people go yeah you know yeah they're whack like Mm -hmm. i'm just being i've i have no problem being corny or liking things that other people think are corny yeah right i just i just don't i just i just don't care but not only that i think the big problem with the way people analyze this music is based on the idea that they think they can read the minds of the creators, mm-hmm. right? So they'll listen to a Nickelback record and they'll go, oh, I know what they were thinking when they were making this and that it comes from a place that is completely lacking in good faith and that they only did it for commercial reason X and it has no legitimate um, kind of artistic thrust. And that's so presumptuous because you're basically saying that everyone has the same taste, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. someone couldn't possibly make a really mainstream song because they really like mainstream songs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, so it's, 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 you know, it's, it's projecting one's own taste on another person, which why should there in any good, good reason to, to do that? We just, it just makes no sense. It just goes, well, maybe they like that stuff mm-hmm. and they just like it. Now, I'm sure there's those things happen, but if you have no evidence for it, if you weren't, if you don't have some audio from the studio of them having the conversation of, well, we need to do it because the whites in Ohio like it. So let's make this <laughs> song that we don't like, you know, yeah. and by the way, and and I, and I think the actual opposite happens all the time and we never talk about it, which is, I think a lot of heavy bands in the heavy realm will pander to their audience and go, well, we got to make a heavy record. We got to make a song because that's what our fans want, even yeah. though we're kind of over it. We know we have to keep it the sound the same. I think it happens all the time mm-hmm. in underground circles where the, the band would probably rather move on and do different things, but they know they can't or else their fans would abandon them. Yeah, for sure, dude. I, I loved how you navigated that conversation with Mark because you got some of those questions in about like the, the, what it's like during that time, like what it was like going through being in that band and having seemingly nowhere being able to find a good thing written about them, but you're selling all these records and like biggest band in the world. Uh, and it, you really got him talking about that in a very productive way. It wasn't any kind. And you could tell like you were genuinely interested. That's what this is all about. Like if you want to talk, you need to have a genuine curiosity to be able to do this. Like, because otherwise it's going to fall short. Like it, it, that's where you get the good stuff out. And I, I, I really think you have that. And 
uh, but that conversation was great. Like, cause I'm not a Creed fan. Like I'm not, uh, not for any other reason. It just never clicked for me. Even from the first, the first record, uh, I heard that my own prison song, our bass mm -hmm. player brought it over before we did this radio thing. And he's like, check this band out. They're amazing. It didn't click for me, but, uh, that band is, has accomplished so many things and almost established a different kind of mainstream, you know, they all contribute to that. So, whether they started with that that grandiose image or not, like it's it's not really uh, they changed that. Like they added to it, they added to the pot to what mainstream rock is now, and and uh, accomplished some insane things. But it, the the thing I was getting at is, is with not being a Creed fan is is there's a we had a playlist at work like a like a stereo or a stereo not playlist a speaker at work, and there's one apprentice we had really did not like creed so as a joke i would put it on and just let it play through on spotify just to just to get at her and spotify shut my spotify off and thought someone had hijacked my password and because <laughs> of that because i played it so many times they thought someone got my password and said your music taste has drastically like the the, the ratio they locked it out and i had to like email them to get my password changed and get my my account back they stopped they stopped billing me if it, I'll have to pull up the email. It's hilarious because it. I was like, I can't log in to spot what's going on. That's amazing. And it because That's so dumb. It That's was really dumb. It is really dumb. But that algorithm, it's, like it, it like flags something. Like because we would play, it would play that, and it would go to the next band that was like that, and the next band that was like that, which was completely the opposite of what I've listened to for years. It's super weird. Like it's like when the bank shuts your card off because you got yeah, a one cent exactly. charge. Yeah. And they don't tell you. And then you have a whole cart of groceries and you're like, what the hell? It's it's the same thing. But I thought that was I would if I ever had Tremani, I would tell him that I would tell him that story because it was like that. It was That's that funny. drastic of a change. Um, but I, I like going back. I appreciated your take on that with those bands, because it does. You know, people need to hear that from people that influence people, people in the business to like just chill out. Like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Well, well I just, you know even when God forbid was kind of in the middle of doing our thing, mm -hmm. we were on like Ozfest, And one of the, one of the ways I became really good friends with John Berklin, who's, you know, in bad wolves, mm -hmm. he was in devil driver. And like, he remembers vividly how like all the kind of like cool bands didn't really give them any love. Cause it was like on earth and every time I die and bleeding through and all these, it was like a click. Mm -hmm. And we were never that way. We were just like, Oh, you're cool. You're a cool dude. You're, you know, we, I just never thought about, uh things in 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 that terms of oh here are the cool people and here are the uncool people and i'm if you're not playing this kind of music you don't dress this way i just never i never understood that i just feel like my whole life i'm kind of you know my 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 home is the island of misfit toys and not fitting in so it's it's, it's perfectly fine but kind of regarding what we just said before i've experienced both with god forbid we were the band that had critical acclaim Mm -hmm. but struggled to have commercial crossover. Um, and so it's like, I know what that feels like to be respected, but <laughs> not compensated. Yeah. And then I got to experience the opposite with Bad Wolves, where we almost immediately became one of those hated bands, but I saw how successful the band was at, was, was, was being. So it, it just showed me that a comment section, like seriously, like when you're actually successful, mm -hmm. And things are going really well and all the shows are packed and you're selling records and 
you're, you know, you're streaming really well and all and selling a bunch of merchandise. And then you see comments, people shit on your band. It, it literally is funny because you're like, cause it's detached from reality. The, cause people go, who listens to this band? I'm like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the yeah. same thing. And then we're on tour. We did a tour with Nickelback. We did it. You know, we're out with shine down and three days, grace and five finger death punch. These bands that people will just crap on. Mm-hmm. And then you're seeing there's like 10,000 people at the show. And you're like, yeah, most of the people that are actually consuming this stuff are not on the internet. They're not on these websites. They're just living their lives. Yeah. And it's completely detached from that. So mm-hmm. you, so that's something you have to just realize. And I, same thing, like, like people love the shit on like in flames because there's their sound has evolved over, over time. And I'm like, and, but their band is probably as successful as they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. In many, in many ways. And I'm like, so who are the, who are these people that are hating and who's showing up? Like, I just, it, it, it like, I, I remember like getting into it with someone on there and just like going out of way. I'm like, I just think you're just being a fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why can't it be like, I'm not really into the new stuff, but that's okay. Right. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's okay. to Like you can kind of go, yeah, I'm not really into new stuff, but you know, like if someone puts out a bunch of records you like, and then they put out a few records you don't like, that doesn't undo all the joy they gave you. Mm-hmm. I never understood that. Like they don't owe you forever enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, if I like the first five Kevin Smith movies, uh-huh. him putting out movies now that I don't like doesn't make me dislike the old Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. I'm not upset with him. I'm just like, yeah, hey, I'm not really into his new movies. And it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I just don't get that. That's and for some reason, point. it's like a battle. And it's like people like just anyone that has to go out of their way to shit on anybody. Mm-hmm. Just I'm like, you know, figure it out for yourself. Yeah, sure. I think the only the only way you could even get upset in that case is if you went to a show and they played the entire only the new record all the way through and didn't announce that that's what they were doing. Then you could be like, well, that sucks. I didn't get to see, you know, the songs I wanted. But I see what you're saying. Like, it's that like uh, just erasing the rear view when something new comes out that you don't like, like it just, or, or just writing the band off or writing the the producer off or whatever. Uh, that's an interesting look at it because yeah. It, and I think no one is more critical of music than musicians, you know, like there's so many people and work in construction. I work with people that just, uh, you ask them why they like that song and they're like, Oh, it has a good beat. Like they don't understand music. They just know they like the way it sounds. Yeah, you know, like like uh, film film nerds like uh, critiquing movies, they are brutal. But then the the general the one thing I could never understand is you go into a room of a hundred people and ask them who liked Tommy Boy or uh, Dumb and Dumber, like the first Dumb and Dumber. Most people be like, wow, I fucking love that. But you those people will not share a taste in music. You know, like they will fucking hate this band and love this band, but they can all agree on movies. Movies can be dumb as hell, but they don't care. But when a band seems corny, they lose their shit. It's so weird. Like there's never a crossover. Like it's always like, you know, me and these guys who hate this band and these guys who love this band will go and watch the same movie in the theater and love it and and quote every line from it. It's just weird. It's it's art all the way around. But for some reason, the medium is different or something. I don't know where that where that goes, but it's... I it's... think the, me- the medium is definitely different. Like, I think music is vastly more subjective, mm. right? Where I think films, 
it can be pretty obvious when something is technically not executed. Like there's definitive things of like, oh, that is edited poorly. Mm. Um, that CGI is bad. The act, like it's very definitive to go. It's there. I think it's much more difficult to execute a great film because you need like hundreds of people to do a good job yeah. and for all to coordinate. And it's kind of a miracle every time it happens where I think the bar is pretty low to execute the basics of doing music well in a recorded way. Right. Mm -hmm. So when people say such and such band is bad or this song is bad, they're usually not saying like the guitar is out of tune mm -hmm. or the, or the drum beat is like not correct. It's not, they're not saying it's performed poorly. Yeah. They're just saying they don't like the actual creative output. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's mm -hmm. subjective. And, and so if you're just into that thing, you're going to like the thing. If you're not into that thing, you're not going to like it. Whereas film, I think it's, that's why I feel like almost music um, reviewing is almost pointless because it's all, it's just, I, I dig the record. Mm -hmm. You don't really need much more than that. I don't need to like <laughs> intellectualize <laughs> why I dig it. Right. Yeah. Whereas like a movie I can go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, here's this poor acting performance and here's, it, uh, what the the plot hole why didn't the, you know there's like it's more technical of where it's doing done wrong or it can definitively been done, have been done better mm -hmm. whereas music is generally like all songs are more or less the same here's the intro here's the verse yep here's the bridge is he in key yeah everyone has auto tune everyone's in key now we're, we're good <laughs> absolutely dude anybody john 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 Beatty, who who connected you and i together uh brutally speaking podcast he and i go round and round about this like Cause I'm into like the, like, I love that like grimy, grungy punk rock shit from back in the day, like uh, all this to black flag record or something like he can't stand it because the production's bad yeah. and uh, he wants it. Like, why can't you make it sound good? Like you have the, not everyone had that option back then, but uh, that's his deal with black metal too. And stuff like that. Whereas it's just like, you're purposely making it sound bad. It could sound good he has a hard time i think differentiating between it and separating that when the production is bad not pulling the what's actually happening in his ears from it well but that's also like character yeah. right i think a lot of especially in the heavy music realms younger audiences are used to things sounding a certain way mm -hmm. you know and and but come what comes with that is a lot of uniformity so mm -hmm people appreciate things of a certain time, even though it's like uh, uh, when people re-record an album or something, mm -hmm. people always tend to like the original, not because it sounds better, but because the character and that you captured a moment in time, you captured a performance yeah. in a very particular way that people connect to. And uh, and listen, you have to be like, I'm the type of person where I, I like old shit, mm -hmm. right? I like old movies and I like old records and i like because i feel like the they used the equipment of the time the technology of the time and you literally can't recreate it mm -hmm. right you just can't right you can't make a record that sounds exactly like abbey road right because yeah. they they had that stuff with those people in that room and that you know and there's something amazing about that that you can't mm -hmm. ever do that again and some people are they like that aesthetic and they like examining that and some people are not it's <laughs> just not their vibe, but I'm, yeah. I'm all about it. I've always been fascinated with history. I like that. It doesn't sound 
like it does now. So yeah. to me, it's, the, oh, it doesn't sound good. Well, that's only because, you know, what does, what's good? Mm-hmm. Maybe to someone else's ears, that sounds perfect. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, I'm sure there's bands that probably go in the studio and want to, they, they, they put those records on a pedestal and they oh, make us sound like that. Let's be out of tune and let's, you know, <laughs> throw a mic in the room. And I mean, you've seen that out with black metal bands who yeah. are, they'll go and try Like I said, well, like he said, purposely make it sound bad. Yeah. But I think Burzum's the one who, uh, what's his name? I forget his name. He's in that documentary. Like, give me the worst thing possible I can record through and, and, uh, and make it just sound like complete garbage. And, uh, that that's like right there he just exactly what he's talking about like purposely making it sound bad but uh are you a are you a beatles fan then yeah huge so have you heard like the the recordings they did of this like in the studio of them just talking and discussing the songs and and songwriting process is They're- this the thing that's come that's coming out uh is this something recently that just came out no or is this like old? this would probably huh. back 2000 six or seven is when i first started her hearing them like my my roommate was downloading them uh oh but uh yeah like the illegal downloading um of records and stuff but like he found these the recordings of the the beatles in the studio like they just had a microphone running so it's like john and and paul talking to each other and like throwing ideas at each other or this doesn't sound good or try this and it's really weird hearing like just them creating and what goes on in between because it's something people never hear unless they're in that studio um well, and we don't and we don't hear it from most artists right yeah. like it's so, so much of that stuff of how how's the sausage made is always a little mm-hmm. bit mysterious for 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 everyone and it's and especially with stuff like that it's like i want part i really want to hear it but then part of me goes maybe i don't want to hear it maybe i want to keep it magical yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude you you mentioned uh being into you know old stuff because you can't recreate that stuff were you, was it is it relative to where like when you were younger you were into older stuff as well or is like have you always been into that like that idea of things where it's like a a moment in time that could never happen again because now we can recreate anything yeah uh, i think a lot of that's to do with my father and his influence because you know my father you know was a piano teacher uh, but, you know, just a really eclectic musician into oh. jazz and classical and also he had a teaching degree, just a regular teaching degree. So he was always showing me historical things and documentaries and docuseries and, you know, get, so, you know, watching old movies, you know, watching The Thin Man and Marx Brothers mm-hmm. and, and just going like, you know, you kind of you don't know where you're going unless you know where you've been. Right. Like yeah. it's just giving uh brought like it's like I, me being in the wedding band right mm-hmm. i'm in a band with pretty much almost everyone in that band is like you know 10 to 20 years older than me yeah right mm-hmm. but because i have this kind of background and un, i can reference a stevie wonder record mm-hmm. or marvin Gaye record or miles davis or you know weather report or whatever <laughs> um and I've always, even when I got into metal, as soon as I discovered metal, I, you know, I would hang with older people who would show me stuff of like uh, understanding what, ha- what, what the ground that existed before you came upon, right? Or, mm-hmm. or if a certain band was talking about their influences, like almost felt like it was imperative. Like you were kind of like a poser if you came in and you didn't understand what Iron Maiden was. You didn't understand what King Diamond was. You didn't understand what you know, with, and especially even, even the hardcore scene, um, 
not understanding what who youth of today was or gorilla biscuits mm-hmm. or uh you know chromags or even you know bands that i personally wasn't there for yeah but understood that there's this there's a, a bedrock beneath you that if, if you if you at least didn't have some understanding of what it was you didn't have to be a fan but at least have some reverence and respect for that um then you're kind of like proceeding on shaky ground mm-hmm. you know so it's just it's just something that i'm always inter- interested in or like you know i'll same thing with, with films like if there's a classic film i haven't seen it's like i almost feel guilty like damn i haven't watched the deer hunter <laughs> and i'm one day i'm gonna run into a cinephile who's gonna quiz me on the deer hunter and i'm yep. gonna have a blank face and then i'm gonna have to leave the room and i'm gonna be they're gonna kick me out of the cafe and i can't have espresso <laughs> 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 dude that no all, stones for you <laughs> oh god i love that i just saw this is totally off top i just saw that the guy from the that played the soup nazi in seinfeld that he still like lives a good living just from reciprocals from that one hey, thing and cameo uh nice still to this day living in la but uh that's interesting because using using this knowledge to to put you uh being able to hang in these circles because i mean you've made it to these circles uh of course you made it through your skills of of guitar playing and everything else and being you know a likable person and and uh you know you you belong there but also being able to hang there because of this past you have this history that you that you you know about uh and can speak to is is really fascinating you kind of just because i'm sure that wasn't the point of learning about all that stuff but it's now being so useful to you. Uh, that's really interesting how that came together, you know, being yeah, able to I'm hang really- with Kirk or whatever and talk about these old movies or, you know, like, uh, and hang in that, in that space in a, on a different level. It's fascinating. But what, what is art if not kind of just appreciating beauty? Yeah. Right. Like that's kind of watching an old movie or hearing a, a song from the forties or something and going, man, that's, that's, it's, you're just kind of in awe of like the fact that it exists mm-hmm. at all. Um, and so I think that's to so even like, like just hanging out with Metallica dudes for the last couple of weeks and almost like watching them listen to music and examine it and the way they, and you're like, Oh, that's just what this is all about is like, we're constantly this kind of funnel for stuff, right? You absorb and then you, project right it's just mm-hmm. this constant thing of like so it's kind of like you are what you eat but from a creative standpoint you you you're a reflection of your your kind of media diet in terms of your artistic diet right so if you're like making sure you're getting your vegetables and you're mm-hmm. and you're consuming things that uh that have like kind of real real um weight and value then hopefully that'll kind of reflect itself on on, on the other side yeah that's a good analogy and like things that are challenging like if you don't eat sushi go try it just sit and try it a couple times like like digesting something that's uh that's uncomfortable uh like oh i this like at first listen like jane doe from converge made me physically upset and i and i gave it away i did not like it i hated it and i told kurt blue this when i had him on the show i was like dude i fucking hated that record it and now it's in my top five like it's yeah. it, i just wasn't ready for it and i didn't give it the time you know, same thing like like sushi. I didn't like it the first time. I didn't like it the third time. But you start to like figure it out. Why? Why this? Is, you know, what's good here? What do I like here? Not write it all off. 
Um, but it's it's just it's just interesting. Like yeah, like you said, art is is uh, is something something appreciating beauty, understanding you know maybe where the person was coming from, maybe even not. Like you don't even need to. You just know what you take from it. You know that's why so many uh, so many things can make people upset that other people find beautiful. It's it's yeah. it's super interesting to to think about that. Um, because and and just being able to say yeah, hanging out with the Metallica dudes the last few weeks is fucking awesome. By the way, <laughs> just being able to say that you know like uh, I just got that that box set. Um, Black album. Yeah, uh, Scott Bowling does a show uh, called Good Company and, and sent yeah. it to me. He's like, hey, you, you said you didn't have one of these. I got two. You want it? And I was like yeah he sent it to me and i started digging through it and i had my kids there and i was like i heard this record on the school bus in middle school on a cassette tape playing from a stereo in the back on batteries uh in alaska and like and then like sifting through it with them like showing them like where i heard this record i haven't played it for him yet but we went through the box i was like this is insane the amount of things in here and like the 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 stuff that lars held on to and stuff is just nuts like it's stuff you normally wouldn't think about hotel receipts and things like that. Or people really actually want to see, you know, he's a historian. Yeah, and, and, and luckily they're kind of going to go down as probably one of the most cataloged and uh, bands ever, right. Where mm -hmm. they meticulously kept records, kept, you know, did, did all, all, all that stuff. And yeah. And people give a shit. Right. Yeah. Like I listened to all the, they, did you listen to the Metallica podcast that they did? Yes, I did. It was fast. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Um, and that's how, it, that, that that's just how it is. Like John from, from Bad Wolves, he's like probably the one dude I know is just as big a Metallica fan as me, but he takes it to like the next level because he gets all the box sets and me, I kind of hate stuff. So I, uh -huh. <laughs> that's just, that's just the thing I have to put somewhere and, <laughs> you know, put it on a bookshelf or something. But, um, but yeah. And that, that, feeds into i don't know, like do, does this ever happen to you where you'll see a band like a legacy band they've been around forever and then you go you know one day this band's not gonna be around like you get like sad for a second you're like that's gonna be fucked up right yeah yeah <laughs> right and so so that's why like those, those moments i go let's just appreciate the moment mm -hmm. and go this is this is a cool this is a cool thing because it's not like it's not an obituary, right? It's not like Metallica's done and you're getting like the Beatles thing, right? Like we yeah. get, oh, here's these things from the studio of this this legendary band that is no longer exists, but they're mm -hmm. they're still here and they're they're still present in that story. The story is still happening. They're still making new music. They're still touring, and it's I just really appreciate that. Yeah, dude. And once someone passes, you know, from a band like that, where now it can officially never happen again, like it cannot. Uh, there's like that finality there, but also on the other hand, what, what we're creating right now, what we're, what people are creating and have created is going to outlast them, you know, like it, it'll outlive them hundred percent, you know, the songs, the music, the feelings, uh, being able to have, you know, uh, I don't, you don't have kids. I have three, but they'll have, when I'm gone, they'll have right now, 250 episodes of me talking, you know, like it will outlast us. It's bigger than we are. And that's another, another cool thing about that is it is the gift that's left behind. But I do get that feeling sometimes where I think about one day, I'm not going to have the, be able to go see this, you know, be able to go see it live or talk to this person or, or 
have the opportunity to get them on the show, right? Like it's not going to happen because they're gone. That's a, that's an interesting thing to think about. Cause I do absolutely think that, um, you know, uh, there's just so much, so many philosophical ways to go about thinking about stuff like this, you know, and, and, uh, you can just go down a crazy rabbit hole, but, um, that's really interesting. And, but the fact that you get to, you know, uh, we were talking, John and I were talking about this the other day. Cause I did that last, the fifth anniversary episode with Chino, uh, from Deftones and we've become friends over the, the last year and a half here. He lives here in town, but sitting in his house doing this episode, this ties back to that euphoria feeling too. I'm sitting there in, in the studio, just talking, you know, doing our thing, headphones on. And I felt in my heart, like this conversation is going to change things like that what's happening right now is so pure and true it was that feeling you're talking about that euphoric feeling um but then also sitting there and looking around like there's you know stage played guitars and stuff like that i'm like people would kill to be in here right now like fans like fan fan of the band but i'm in here just because we're buddies hanging out kind of like with metallica like you're hanging out with metallica guys because you're actually you're doing something with them together but you're in a spot that people would literally kill for. Uh, yeah. Which can but keep in mind. That's also the service mm-hmm. you do, right? Yeah. Is that people would kill to be there, but you get to let them in. Yes. For that moment. And that's, that's to me, the, 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 the kind of bigger, cooler thing about this medium mm-hmm. uh, that is like, it is a sharing medium. Yeah. And so, so you're you, that, like I said, and it's cool. It's free. Right. I mean, yeah. of course some ads or, or, or whatever, and you get to have a moment and then you go, Hey, let's, and whether that's wisdom, whether that's intimacy, whether that's maybe telling a story that needs to be told or a perspective that was unheard or, or whatever, that's a really kind of cool thing. That's like, Hey man, I'm actually giving something to the broader community Mm-hmm. of uh or, or you, you know collectively between you and chino whoever the, the guest yeah. is uh you're giving you're giving back and you're hey man let's let's kind of shrink the world a little bit and put us all in this one place and we can kind of uh enjoy it and that's why the, the podcast f- format is exploding you know it's been exploding for how, however long it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it's slowing down anytime soon yeah it's still it's still new even like it's still new to so many people that don't understand what it is but yeah, that's 100% right. Like the conversation that's recording is then going to go out to the world. Like 6 hours later I'm going to press submit and it's going to go out to the world. It's not something I'm keeping to myself. Of course, the actual experience is something I cherish, but um knowing that that's going to be shared. I didn't even see that's the thing I didn't even think about that anymore. It was literally just he and I doing this. I didn't even think about the other side of it uh until later. And in the back of mind, I'm also hoping, fuck, it says it's recording. I hope it's recording. That was, that was what I was thinking. Cause like, of course it's going to happen now. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just a, a fantastic thing, you know, being able to do this and, and bring those experiences to other people and, and expose people to things in our own way, you know, cause it's, I mean, it's our show. Like it's, we can do it our way. We can do it. You can do whatever you want on these things. It's crazy. You could literally say whatever you want. You could do whatever you want. There's no regulation. There's no regulation, but there is. There are consequences. There are the wrong thing. It's true. (laughs) 
<laughs> as you uh i was yeah i got i don't even i don't really even bring that up but like the that that whole the whole changeover oh oops the whole changeover during bad wolves was crazy i just like kind of stopped re- i didn't want to be influenced by it i just like let it be like the back yeah. and forth stuff and and uh but i love how how just open and honest you are with with people you know it's cool I, have you are your parents still around no i lost both my parents oh. within literally i lost one my mother at the beginning of the pandemic and my dad a year later dude yeah. i am so sorry i i lost my Thank dad you. right before the pandemic and I regret so much not doing an episode with him of the show because he loved the show. He supported the show. And I never once thought about doing an episode with my, you know, to keep, to have that. Um, well, I thought about it and I just procrastinated. So I didn't get my mother, but then I got my dad. You did an episode so, with your dad. Yeah, dude. I, I'm going to have to go listen to that. I did not see it's that. Great. I, I, it's great. I look forward to listening to that. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, and I'm, I'm terribly sorry about that. I, um, it, that's an experience. Oh my God. It's, it's terrible. Um, but I'm glad you have that because that's something, and, and you put it out to the world, which yeah, is also a gift. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of, and even like, I, I really regret with my mother because my mother was a performer and a singer and a DJ and, you know, someone who wanted to be seen. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice to give her that moment, you know, of like, Hey, people checking me out like yeah it's a and you can't go back you can't no you know and it's it it was a really shitty feeling Mm -hmm. you know and it's only because i you know you always think you have time right yeah you know 100 percent. always don't wait don't wait exactly man and and that's so fucking cool that you came from like such creative parents like your dad's musical your mom's a performer like like you you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do man and and they got to see it yeah they yeah, got I to mean, see this like i mean the last time I, they were together with me was when bad wolves played at um pnc bank center or whatever in, yeah. in new jersey with opening up for a five-year death punch you know in front of you know ten thousand people or, or whatever and it was a real like moment especially you know considering going through the whole God forbid thing and having success, but then kind of falling off and trying to figure out my, my life and, you know, being proud of the fact that, you know, you're out there kind of achieving something, uh, on a broader level and, and, you know, and they, and they're, they were very, they were very proud of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it wear the merch and tell their friends and, and whatever and it was, it was, it was cool. You just ultimately want, want to, you know, not look like a <laughs> loser, to <your> <laughs> especially, especially when you take non-traditional uh, pathways, like, you know, not completing college and mm-hmm. not getting a quote-unquote regular job. It's, uh, there's a lot of moments you can go, hey, maybe this wasn't the correct path, but, you know, it's nice yeah. to have some va- validating moments. Sure. Some people have to do it the hard way, and that's the way you learn, and that's the way you, you grind to get there, but god damn what an awesome thing to see as a parent you know uh to see your son succeed and you know to have like you said have success uh but then bring it back like you know to have success it 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 doesn't stop necessarily but the 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 vehicle stops but then to watch you rise up again and even bigger and watch something like that that's i mean for a parent can only imagine my kids are young still so i don't have those moments yet but like that would be the pinnacle right there. Do you know to watch your son do something that that 
you weren't able to do and take it beyond and watch the look on people's faces when your your son comes out on stage and just like lights them up you know they got to see that man like they got to see that and experience that that is fucking awesome i and unfortunately with the of course your mom on the pot not having your mom on the podcast is one thing but she got to see like you doing that what you love doing it's awesome you know yeah 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 i mean it's so weird because it's like in a million different ways right there's this idea of life pre-covid and life post-covid and that's like a big thing it's like before covid i and my parents didn't die of from from the disease mm-hmm. but um you know it's like that was just it's like that was a different life and this is a new life and in a, in a, in a minute like i said we're all struggling with that and how in so many different ways mm-hmm. uh it's like it's fascinating to kind of like put that it's like it feels like a real marker like that was one world and now i'm entering this kind of completely almost I don't know, like uh, definitely like a, 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 a tunnel where you can't see the end of it. Like I, uh, it's a very unpredictable landscape, mm-hmm. you know, for, for myself, I feel like right now. Yeah. And we're getting into this, like as more things can like conglomerate together and we get more access to things and being able to like even podcasting, sharing this stuff so fast to so many people, uh, it gets a little bit small. That tunnel just keeps growing because it can just, you can go down a rabbit hole. You can you can be influenced by so many different things during the day that you don't even think about that. You never used to be, uh, you know, when you and I were kids, we didn't have that. So we didn't know what happened at that diner in New Jersey or, or like North Carolina that morning or who was, uh, you know, protesting this or who, who did this. Like we weren't meant to know that stuff. Like we were meant, I think, to know like what's happening in our community and our family, yeah. but having that global 24 hour cycle coming at you could really influence your 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 life and it's crazy to think about that like how much yeah. is shoved in there and i, I think it's predominantly negative right yeah. like I was, like all across the period of like a few weeks I, it, it's like russell brand and joe rogan are like do you see what's going on in australia i'm like <laughs> yo can you just be where you at yeah <laughs> Why <are> you <laughs> business <laughs> like, like, i'm like even you know not to go on this rabbit hole but like you know with the the, the written house, you know, verdicts and everything, oh, and everyone geez. being like, people just being mad. I'm like, I'm like I, I literally do not, do not care. Like that shit will not affect my life one way or another. I'll never yeah. meet that dude, or whatever. Like if you're directly involved, I can see how it affects you. But people do not know how to, like, take the bait. Mm-hmm. And the, and the bait is being emotionally invested in shit you can't control. I was talking with one of our best friends. He's like, he's like, yeah, hey, you know, I'm real, real worried, man. Like, that we're gonna lose the Senate, we're gonna lose the Congress. I'm like, yo, you live in New Jersey. Why are you worried about <laughs> some? You like, if you got a problem with the Alabama race, move to Alabama. But other than that, why are you worried about shit you can't control? Yeah, it makes no sense to me. But people just they're so used to like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to worry about any of that shit. If it's it's you know, and I get it. It's part of that is like, yes, is that being selfish? Like, well, what about the people over there? What I get all that. Yeah. But, you know, we have like, there's like real activists <laughs> and there's a lot of fake activists. Like, yeah. 
I wrote a <laughs> a thread on Twitter. <laughs> I did my part. That's right. I'm re- I'm fixing the game. No, you're not. You hand out no flyers. You show up anywhere. Yeah. And then the actual activists are the ones out there fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> like, the people that was tearing up Kenosha, they were out there. And then the other actors, like, we, we need less activism. We need more people like lazy at home, <laughs> causing no trouble. <laughs> Going to bed at eight o'clock. Right? That's right. Done. Close the you shades. Know, no, but it's funny because I remember in like the early 2000s, you know, around like Bush Gore, 9-11, like I felt it seemed like the biggest problem was apathy, right? People were not engaged enough. Mm-hmm. And now I think it's the exact opposite. It's like, make apathy great again. <laughs> right? Make not giving a fuck cool. Everyone gives a fuck too much. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I I saw that that verdict come down yesterday and I wasn't even tracking the case. Like it just was all over everything all of a sudden. I didn't even know it was happening. And all I thought was fuck man that guy is going to be running the rest of his life uh from people like trying to like fuck with him and and do whatever you know like try he's now oh, no. like he's a also national... gonna be he's gonna be rich though he's he, gonna have radio shows book he's deals. gonna be like he's gonna be he'll he'll be able to do it he'll have a fox news show in three years oh i i agree but he's going yeah. to have so much hate thrown at him at the same time like i don't what's worse prison or that you know like people that that uh just get just for one like not not this case specifically but the public opinion that hits before all the facts are there on a lot of things like the amanda knox thing like hearing her on rogan telling all the details of that case and how they you know they had a i don't know anything about that i don't know anything about that story you should listen to the rogan episode with amanda knox where she she was accused of killing a roommate over in college in in italy or whatever and she was in on trial over there like much like randy was there's a documentary about that yeah yeah but much yeah. like Randy was over on trial in a different country, like it's great, like an American over overseas, you know, your lawyer has to have, you know, like lawyers on the bar over here, not over there. Like everything's different. Yeah. Um, it's just something that she just got railroaded into people thinking she did this and then she was found innocent. And then now all the stuff's coming out about it and there's no way she could have done it. But now yeah. she's still got that stigma to her. You sure. Know? She can never, I mean, the choice of job she could have, whatever, is very limited. She do got a killer-ass name, though. Like, Amanda Knox sounds like someone that would, like, poison their husband's, you know, Budweiser, so. <laughs> they nicknamed her Foxy name. Noxie. Need, like, Jennifer, you know, Wiley or something. That doesn't sound like a, 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 a Budweiser <laughs> killer, you know? So, Amanda Knox, <laughs> you sound suspect. I think, and even with the, the house thing, <laughs> I think the written, I swear to God, and I don't mean to make light of it, but it's so funny to me. Like half of it is I think this dude just has a doughy ass mall cop to be face that people don't like. Mall cop to be? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. Yo, and people look at that dude and they're like, yo, fuck that dude. <laughs> they just see his face. That's how I'm telling mall you. Mall cop to be. Because if you're going to be. <laughs> No, if you're gonna be like a killer, like like if you were like a sexy killer, right? Yeah. And, you know, this is like I feel like people are like you know what? Maybe he didn't do it. You know, looking like you know Jason Statham or something. Like yo, that dude, he maybe did it, but he did it sexy. Yeah. You know, he killed sexy. So yeah. like, let him off. But when you just got a jerk off face, people that you know like yo, fuck that dude. 
Paul Blart ass <laughs> motherfucker. Paul Blart ass. Yes. Oh my god. You know, this is called that shit. Thing. Half of life is optics. You know, you can get away with it. Good looking people get away with everything. So just be hot and it will solve most of your problems. You know, that's, I feel like that's a great point. Do lots of sit-ups. to be having face. That is the fucking, that is, <laughs> that is the, I don't pull quotes from these things, but that, I will remember that forever. That's the fucking hilarious. <laughs> I have never heard that before. That, that hits me right in the, right in the funny bone, man. That that's genius. Mall cop to be. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just sick of people being like, say just, invested like and thinking mm-hmm. and i look like like it's like yo when you're emotionally invested in anything you're thinking the least clearly about it mm-hmm. um but everyone thinks they're thinking exactly clearly and they're like i'm clearly and it's so i i when things like this happen to me i i i barely talked about it because it's a broken record right mm-hmm. it happens every two months right if it's not this it's the brett kavanaugh hearings if it's not that it's someone else. and people get they instinctively go, this is my team and I'm 100% into this and I'm not, mm-hmm. and there's no like willingness to go, okay, maybe there's complexities to this. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm correct, but uh, you know, in the, in the grand scheme, but let's actually have a real conversation about it. But because everything's a proxy war, mm-hmm. people put the weight of the entire, right. It's like, it's not just this is a case. This is this has everything to do with racial justice. It has everything to do with gun rights. It, it becomes a proxy for everything of a subject that's so vast. And it's like, no, it's just one case. That's all it is. And you're putting, you're like, it's like tofu. You're just filling it with the flavor of shit that is beyond it, right? Don't do that. Like, just look at it as one thing. I'm sure, and I'm not saying it doesn't mean there's not ramifications, but, uh, we don't know how to not be overwhelmingly invested in, and, and the trial is the perfect thing, like uh thing for it because there's a definitive winner. There's a definitive loser. Mm-hmm. It's like, it might as well be a, a reality show with like, you know, like I said, like who's going to win American Idol, right? Yeah. It's in the format of competition and sports and, and it's, yeah, it just brings these situations bring the worst out of people. Oh yeah. Yeah. And having a platform like, like just watching threads on Facebook explode and everyone has an opinion and everyone knows what's right and everyone, and they get in these arguments that are just epic arguments. I'm sure I don't use Twitter. I think you're more on Twitter than I'm, but like I always see on Facebook. I'm just like, I just either unfriend or whatever, or just block it. Cause I'm just, I can't read this. I can't have this like Facebook in my life, but. Facebook literally doesn't show me any political commentary. It's great. Dude. I love it. It just doesn't. I think I like slowly stopped engaging with it. So it just doesn't show it to me. And so I see it on Twitter, Mm -hmm. which is better because I'd rather see commentary from people I don't know Mm -hmm. personally. Um, I, I, I really, you know, it's like the blue pill. Like I'll take the blue pill where I could go back with before I knew what people thought about shit. Like, it's like, what was that? What women want when you could like, when you hear uh, what they're thinking. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. I, it turns out I don't want to hear what anyone's thinking. I just, oh, you have this thought? About, don't tell me. Keep it to yourself. Yep. I'm good. I have a good opinion of you now. Don't ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> that day is coming, man. That day is coming. One day we will do that. We will have that ability, and it's going like, to be crazy. It turns out if you could read people's minds, they're thinking really terrible <laughs> things. 
<laughs> so I'm good. I'm good. I want to unknow your terrible opinions. <laughs> yeah, dude. That. <laughs> I one thing I get all the time in my I don't know why this happens. This happens for no one else, and this is so it's funny that we're talking today because every every couple of days I'll get an email that says Doc Coyle tweeted and Bro. say what it is in my email, like a notification. I'm like, I, get I don't get this for anybody else. Oh, just it's me. just you. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Like, and uh, but yeah, every every once in a while it just says, yeah, Doc Coyle tweeted this, and I'm yeah. like, okay. Oh, it was a good tweet. Uh, yeah, I've, I'll have to look them up because it, it happens often. So, like, I don't know. And I've never actually looked into why. So I do still yeah. get them. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, yeah, when you tweet, I get an email. So it's it's super weird. But um, maybe I click something. I, I didn't know I clicked. I don't know. But it happens with no one else. Like, it's literally just that. It's super weird. But well, I'm on this thing of, like, you. I, I have an opinion on this, right? This subject matter. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to say it. <laughs> that's a, that's a new shit we do. Yeah, I got opinions, but you know, yeah, yeah, it's fine. The world will survive without me weighing in. <laughs> it sure will. <laughs> but people, I think, actually feel like listen. If I don't tell people the truth, man, then it's gonna the whole thing will be lost. Like it's like no, we'll be fine. You know, we'll, we're we're gonna survive. You know, but everyone, I don't know. Listen, I don't like to just send out my criticisms. To the world, everything I'm saying, I'm sure I've been guilty of at some point or another. So sure, we all are that way, though. We're in, sure. to some degree. But uh, dude, this has been fun, man. I I really enjoyed this, dog. I I I uh, I was joking with John before we got on because I was like, man, I really hope because with your name, I know it's not your actual name, but with your name, the one thing in the back of my mind is don't say what's up, doc, because. That's fine. I usually say like, Hey, what's up, Tim or whatever. But I was like, that would be the cheesiest thing ever. If I said that, no, but because... I don't, but I actually don't presume that I presume people just saying what's up to me. I don't Dude. presume they're doing, if they do what's up doc. And then, yeah. And then, uh -huh. they're like, you know, gotcha. then maybe I will. But other than that, I generally assume they're just saying what's up to me. It's fine. Perfect. Then totally I made fine. a bigger deal out of that than I needed to, but yeah. I was just like, I was like, cause it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. And it didn't, but, uh, not a Freudian slip, but like a, you know, if you don't sure. want it to happen, it's going to happen. Um, but dude, like, like I say, I really appreciate the time, man. We did uh, an hour and a half already. Like, uh, I just, I really appreciate it. And it's been awesome being on, you know, two networks together and, and enjoying your show and, and, and what you do. It's nice to actually connect and talk and get to know each other a little bit. And, um, yeah, I've been really stoked to do this. So I appreciate the time. I know you got a lot going on and a lot coming up and, uh, you know, it's, it's, I appreciate it. Sure, man. Thanks for having me. And I, you're definitely a show that I see your guests and I get jealous. I'm like, really? Great guests. Oh, no, yeah. You get, some great, you, get some, you get some great guests. Do, who do you want? Let's cook. If you don't know them already, let's get it connected, dude. That's well, no, why. But, but, but it is, but we're possessive. It's like, I'm, I want them by myself. No, <laughs> fuck that shit, man. Like, that, I hate yeah. that stuff. There's no competition. I just love that you, you're our show. Whenever I see like a report or something, we're literally like there, like the same yeah. or like w within a couple hundred downloads the entire time we've had our shows. So, like, it's oh, really awesome to like, like, we're, it's like you and I. And then, way above that is like the the other show like the couple shows on top like there's a big gap and then it's you yeah. and i and then a giant gap and then everything down below 
So where are you? I didn't. I've never even seen one of these reports, dude. You ask Mike Mara to send it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have him take a screenshot of of uh, the network as a whole. You'll see it. It's like, and even with Jabberjaw, we were right there. Um. So it's always cool to see, like, just like, all right, Doc and I are still right there, like, you know. But then we didn't know each other or anything, and we've just been, you know, existing, coexisting aside from each other. But, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, you should look at it. It's cool. It's cool to see, like, and to see the the difference between like the top two and then the middle. Like, it's there's a giant gap. <laughs> but uh, we're doing good, man. We're doing good, and. Uh, well, I, I mean, listen, I, I see my numbers, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, do you always want your show to be bigger? Of course. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I'm like, oh, I got a nice little, you know, unit of, of people to check it out. I'm all, yeah. To some degree, I'm always amazed that even those people check it out. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, I just consider it's my, my little, my little thing, you know, if you want to hang out with me? Cool. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 but like I said, now it almost feels like it is part of my duty like if i don't like man if i'll get a show out people are gonna be bummed i gotta because i'll take i'll take weeks off yeah <laughs> sometimes yeah you know i'm not i'm not the most consistent as i as i could be um but but yeah it's, it definitely feels like it's a uh it's a calling right gotta, gotta give the people what they want dude yeah see you're still in music like do it like i feel like this is my place in music like peripherally like bringing in this form of of media to people versus being on stage but you still are doing yeah. both which is rad and and uh i take i I've, I've taken some weeks off before but also i do like blah like i did the whole melvins in one week and then i did i do the 12 days of peer pleasure in december where i do 12 shows in 12 days leading up to christmas Whoa. holy holy but, moly but those are already done otherwise i will never announce it if it's not already done because if something happens and it doesn't come through i literally haven't posted a megaphone done before that announcement goes out so I know it'll happen. And then I don't have to do anything. They just come out every day. So, mm. but dude, if there's guests I've had on that you, for some reason, don't know or have an inroad to, let me know because we can absolutely do that. I mean, I don't hoard anything that way. You're like, far too kind. Far I just, too kind. There's, of course, one or two people that have kind of requested like, hey, don't pimp me out. But sure. That's, other than that, it's an open book, dude, because I want to hear what you talk to them about. We're not... If we're talking about like, just tell me about this new record and tour, it's going to get boring and possessive. But like, I want to hear what you have to say to them. You know what I mean? Like, I would be stoked. I would just assume you knew all the people that I did and, and you could get any of them. So if there ever comes down to that, like, just text me, dude, and we'll connect it because it's simple. It's simple to do. Yeah. And I know putting someone in your realm would be a good thing for them. Like, it wouldn't be like, oh, I hope this goes well. It'd be like, no, this is going to be great. So great. Well, I, I appreciate that. I've, I've had a lot of fun on here. Um, really appreciate what you do. And it's, I just thank you. That's all I'm doing. Dude, thank you very much. Thank you as well, man. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad to be on the team with you. And, and uh, yeah, like I said, hit me up anytime, but I appreciate it, man. And, and I'll let you get back to your afternoon. And uh, I mean, it's a weekend. I'll let you get back to your weekend. Don't get too many oh, of those. Working. I'm working. I'm in this. I'm writing on a couple of writing sessions this weekend so there's no no rest for me nice dude we'll get get after it man i don't let me keep you but uh yeah anytime you want to come back on let me know and and uh like i said it's just i appreciate the time dude cheers all right you doc. Be well and i'll talk to you soon Bye-bye. see you bud bye all right guys i hope you enjoyed that conversation with doc coil from bad wolves from the x-man podcast from god forbid whole bunch of other things i think you guys learned a lot about doc in this episode as did i it has been uh, a lot of years of us not knowing each other. So 
hopefully things will change because uh, I had a blast. I'd love to have him back on for a part two at some point. He's doing a lot of cool shit. So uh, we'll see if we can do that. Uh, but I just want to say thank you to you guys again for coming back week after week. I love each and every one of you. I really, really do. Um, man, I just don't know what to say. I'm just floored by how much response we've been getting for this show. Something that started as a little idea uh, five years ago has turned into something that's a tangible thing uh, that is a massive part of my life. Um, and I know a lot of you out there have said the same thing, that you really uh, rely on this show to get you through your commute, to get you through your flights, to get you through your day, to get you through your graveyard shift, whatever you're doing. Um, the fact that that translates from uh, what, what we're doing here to what you're doing there um, and has a similar effect where it's important to you is really an interesting, interesting thing. Uh, something I never thought would happen, but it has. And I, I appreciate every moment and every listen, and it really, really matters to me. So thank you so much for your continued support. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I want you guys to tell a friend or family member this Christmas uh, what you're listening to. Uh, throw us up on Instagram or Facebook, whatever you're at, tag us in there. If you're listening to an episode, screenshot that stuff and put it up there. That helps us out absolutely. And also rate and review on iTunes. That really helps us with the algorithms and the chart positions. So uh, if you go and have a free second and you enjoy the show, go shoot us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, also over on Spotify, they don't have that option, but you can always follow us on there as well. All right, guys, I've got a bunch of shows left to do, as I keep saying, because I have them all in front of me. Um, but we're going to finish out this 12 days strong. So, as always, we'll see you on the radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.